Welcome to Alchemy in the Midlife Kitchen with Dr. Anne Moyer Bussey, a podcast series for women in midlife who yearn to gain new clarity and purpose for the afternoon of life. Today we welcome a woman of wisdom and experience. Her name is Dr. Sri Kaladindi. And Sri is a consultant psychiatrist and leadership coach in London. And in the recent past, she was Associate Medical Director at the South and Maudsley National Health Service Foundation Trust. Her role involved working closely with commissioners and others to develop appropriate successful services. And Sri is also a visiting senior lecturer at the Institute of Psychiatry, Psychology and Neuroscience. And in 2019, Sri was awarded the New Year's Honours List by the Queen. But much more than all of this, I found when I first spoke with Sri that she loves to enable women as they grow older to tap into and develop their own inner wisdom. So Sri, a very, very big welcome. And we're so honoured to have you with us today. Thank you so much, Anne. It's a real pleasure to be here with you. I'm delighted to be on this podcast with you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Sri. Thank you. And Sri, when we were talking recently, we noted that many women have in the early part of their lives been fulfilling roles of motherhood, wife, parent. And when they reach midlife, they're not always sure how to begin to nurture themselves and how to tap into their own deep feminine wisdom. So I wonder first, can you share a little with us of your own journey and what led you to move into the work that you're doing and to want to help other women? Yeah, thank you, Anne. So I guess that uh, I've been on a bit of a journey, really. So as a consultant psychiatrist, you know, one's path is fairly well laid out in terms of career progression and so on. So there I was getting on with, you know, doing my, um, going up my career path, becoming a consultant psychiatrist and work that I love. Um, But several things happened, actually. One, I found that Uh, because my work is with people who are really at the severe end of the spectrum, there's still lots that that we can do as a team to support the individuals to improve in their health and their lives. I also felt, though, that I wanted to support people to prevent them becoming unwell and sort of go all the way up to that more preventative way of working. Um, And having received some coaching as I went through various leadership roles, I really saw the power of it and how it is different but related and overlapping to psychiatry. So I trained as a coach myself and that has been really an eye-opener for me and I've absolutely loved the work of coaching other people and particularly it's the women that I do coach. You know, that's who... um, People that they, you know, we sort of resonate more, I think, with one another generally. Um, so that's been fascinating. And the coaching has been with really senior women, you know, in very sort of senior leadership roles, mainly in health, but not just health, you know, in, co- in co- the corporate world as well. And just to see how, um, particularly at a certain age, they're more able to, well, they need a support really, they need support to almost sort of get rid of some of that social construct that they have become a part of 
and that's not conscious to them. Yeah, that's so true, isn't it, Sri? Um, women in particular, in their early roles and in their health roles, often they're modelling um, what we might call the, the masculine principles of achieving and of doing. And in that uh, wanting to do their very best, there's a tendency that we can forget about the becoming and the inner work that's needed to tap into their own feminine. Um, could you say a little bit how you found that when you're working with those women? Yes, I think that's absolutely right. And I think particularly in certain professions, and medicine is one of them, although psychiatry less so uh, as a specialty, where because of the way that it's been set, you know, set up over, over centuries, really, uh, that that sort of masculine energy does tend to be um, what is more dominant often. And uh, we all know that to succeed, you know, we have to, well, I suppose we don't know that. We, we That's how we think we need to behave is look to our seniors and behave like them if we want to do well. And of course, as one gets to know oneself better, and I think, you know, coaching and the sort of work that you do as well, Anne, can really help people to understand that you can still get to wherever you want to get to. And you have the, the best way is to be your true authentic self and not to actually emulate others. Um, and that's a kind of false self, really. But yeah, so, so the masculine comes in, we look to that. And before we're sort of more, I guess, aware of these issues, it's easier to to follow that path and, and behave in that way. Um, and it's not until we're either we realize it ourselves or we get support to do that through coaching or mentorship or other self-development that we can really then uh, move away and understand more about the internal work that is really essential for us to be good leaders and to turn up in the world differently with a lot more of our own sort of true um, talents and and so on coming through. Mm. What do you think are some of the things that um, maybe prevent women from recognising that they actually have that inner wisdom themselves? Um, you know, what in your work with women in leadership and with women entrepreneurs in the sense that they are moving up in their career, what what is the main thing that prevents them from really tapping into their own true self? Mm. I think it's probably a number of things, and it is different for different people. However, there is a bit of a pattern. So I think just recognising um, things like our inner critic, our limiting beliefs um, that are built up over time, uh, with these sort of invisible schema, the way that we operate almost, that our brains operate. And um, it's not until we can see that and almost kind of come out a little bit of that and detect, detach ourselves, we're not our thoughts. We can come out and see those thoughts and choose the ones that are more helpful and useful to us. And until we can do that, we're very much caught up in it, thinking that that is the way of the world. So by getting that distance, um, that is how 
we're, and that sort of consciousness of these constructs and schema that we are operating from, we're then able to change them and make them more useful to us and operate from a different position. It's almost a bit like upgrading. I've used this terminology before because people sometimes find it helpful. You know, we're operating on something that has been built up since childhood. If you think about that as, I don't know, a, a Windows version one, and actually, you know, really we can upgrade to a Windows, whatever number we're on now, 20 or whatever it is, you know, and that is absolutely possible. But we need to know that we're operating it and understand that we're operating it and it's a choice to change and to upgrade. Yeah, that's so important. I, I use the terminology a bit of um, we're still living by somebody else's story and expectation of how we should be. And uh, we need to upgrade to our own story. <laughs> and in, in a sense that the beliefs that often limit us, the thoughts that often limit us, as you say, are thoughts that we've acquired growing up. And we don't often recognise that they're not really ours. We've just adopted them. So what then, apart from listening to that, what other sort of things do you think women who are moving through that midlife stage, they don't need to give up their career, but what are some of the practices do you think that they can develop that are going to help them to live in a more balanced feminine wisdom way that's going to uh, help them with their leadership, a kind of a mindful leadership? Yeah, I mean, that's such a good question. One of the things, and you've already alluded to it, Anne, is I think much more about just being, being oneself and having space and time to be able to do that and to reflect on what that means um, rather than always doing. You know, the busyness of always doing doesn't allow then for that you know, other part of ourselves we know um, you know, from neuroscience, for example, that the our sort of conscious um, mind only uses about five percent of our brain power, and the rest of the ninety-five percent is below our level of consciousness. So that ability just to be, and that can be through different means. It could be through mindfulness. It could be through meditation. Um, it could be part through journaling. You know, different things bring that. People, some people find being in nature can bring bring that calm where they're more able to listen to other parts of their brain uh, and their consciousness come you know their their ability to listen to their intuition coming through all of that so I think that some of those techniques can be really helpful and I would really support people to think about what works for them and start to integrate that into their daily lives and their daily habits Mm. That's very beautiful. Would would you um, like to share a little bit of what helps you to to do that? Like for me, it was um, learning meditation, qigong, mindfulness practices. What for you are some of the things that um, really help you to in your journey of becoming? Yeah, and it it is interesting because. I found myself 
more and more we get drawn to other people, you know, who you resonate with, who are on this journey and at different, we're all different, you know, parts of our journey. But uh, there are some core elements. And so for me personally, what I've, what I tend to do is in the mornings, I'll carry out some breath meditation and then I'll move on to um, some, you know, other meditation that is more just a sitting meditation. And I have a, um, I've kind of amalgamated it from lots of different people that I've, you know, learned from and found something, cobbled it together that works for me, but that touches on some of the main um, areas that are linked back to the evidence base as well. You know, gratitude, for example, gratitude is incorporating that into one's meditation, hugely powerful for one's well-being, uh, improving mood, improving you know immune system function, even. Um, and then things like you know forgiveness. When we hold a grudge, actually, what happens is we uh, cause ourselves more problems than for anybody else, including at a very biological level. Interestingly. Because that sort of stress of holding holding a grudge against somebody causes us to release our stress hormones and all the cascades that happen as a result of that. So I always incorporate that. Even if sometimes it's just to forgive myself you know, for, for, for something that perhaps I haven't done or perhaps I would have liked to have done differently or whatever, but just to be kind to myself. So that compassion and self-acceptance and self-love is so essential and core, um, I think, to this change of turning up authentically. Because once we can accept ourselves and be compassionate to ourselves, that then means we can turn up and not have to be critical of other people, which is so freeing and so powerful. Um, and on a very personal level, interestingly, my husband says to me, he notices now how different I am, um, and particularly with people who you're close to, because if you see people as an extension of yourself and you're harsh to yourself and critical of yourself, then that then extends to your loved ones and close people to you. And so by working on yourself and being compassionate and accepting, that absolutely ripples out to everybody who's in touch with you. And you can just imagine then how much better and more peaceful and happier life can be for those around you as well when you turn up differently in that way. Um, definitely exercise, Anne. So I love to, I walk my dog um, in nature. Um, so those are some of the things. There are many others, but those are some of the core kind of morning routines that I have in place. That's really beautiful. Thank you for sharing that, Shri. It's just so important. And for all our listeners that there isn't one set way that we're all becoming, we're all growing and we do learn from each other. And, you know, by listening, reading, watching women who've come this way, we, we can learn so much more from them and then just be ourselves. It's so important. It's, it's funny that in some ways uh, many people think of psychiatrists or clinical psychologists as being all in the head <laughs> and not uh, really connecting to their inner world. And it's so beautiful to hear you showing other women and showing leaders in the medical field that it's so important to balance 
what we do in our heads with what's going on inwardly and taking that that those steps to go inward. I think in some of the old fairy tales, they talked about needing to go into the forest and sit in a tree so that one could reconnect to who they really were. And you've shown us how important that is. So thank you very much. So Sri, if some of the listeners wanted to maybe contact you and just talk a little bit more, how would they do that? Well, I my email, so that's Sri at livewellmastermind.com. So three is spelt S for sugar, R-I, and then it's at livewellmastermind.com. Uh, and they can either just email me or even through my website book in for a call as well. I love that live well at mastermind. <laughs> How true it is what we're all trying to do. Shri, thank you so very much for being with us today. We really, really appreciate the wisdom that you brought. And I do hope we're going to be able to talk again, particularly when we have a summit a little later in the year, that you will come and share more of your wisdom and experience to other women. You're really a positive leader yourself. So thank you so very, very much. Thank you, Anne. It's been an absolute pleasure. Always a pleasure to speak with you and connect with you. And uh, you know, I wish your, your listeners well. Thank you very much, Sri. And for our listeners, again, if you want to learn a little bit more about this journey of becoming through midlife and as we all get older and becoming more conscious, then do tap into the uh, website and you could call me at Anne at annemoyabasi.com. And I really look forward to talking with you all next session. Thank you again, Shri. And thank you for the listeners. Thank you, Anne. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Alchemy in the Midlife Kitchen with Dr. Anne Moya Bussey. We look forward to your company next episode. I'm Chris Ashmore. Thanks for listening. Listening.